It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Flowtrack Podcast. I'm Kevin Sully, joined by Gordon Mack. Flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com is the email address. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube page, where you can also become a member. Membership, a lot of perks there. Custom emojis, and you can pop up in the chat. We're also going to do special content for members. And more importantly, there's a Gordon tier and a Kevin tier, and I'm losing to Gordon. So, folks, I need you to sign up. I'm grateful if you sign up for any tier, but I'm very grateful if you sign up for the one that has my name on it because I have a huge ego. You do have a huge ego, that is for sure. But let me just say this. The benefit of my tier, it's cheaper. And, you know, I'm, I'm a businessman. You're not so supposed to do that. That's cheating. Hey, You're not supposed to say any that. way possible to, to boost my numbers, I will do that. Uh, no, but yeah, but... Join the membership. We just started this week, uh, and we're we're gonna flesh it out and fig- listen to you guys and see what you guys want us to talk about more. Do some more non just member exclusive only video podcasts. Yes. Should be fun uh, down the line as we get into twenty twenty two. Yeah, you'll see it underneath the video. And if you're listening to this and you're not a YouTube person, you go back after the fact. Go to the YouTube page. You'll see the subscribe button. Well, then right next to it's the join button. So if you haven't done one. Do, do the other one and then you do both of them and then then you're getting all your flow track podcast content uh also on the topic of youtube content i posted yesterday a race breakdown on the flow track youtube page about newberry park's performance at the running lane cross country championships dare i say gordon it was the greatest race breakdown i've ever done in my life i don't think you've watched it yet i think you should it's just 15 minutes of high level analysis check it out please will do you mentioned uh right before we went live that there's a spe- we're a special anniversary or what not special anniversary you're 100 <laughs> days away from a special day so, did you get me a gift gordon i'm talking about anniversary no we're no no 100 days 100 days from the world indoor championships in belgrade that is the marker you know what that means? That's 100 days for people to hit time qualifiers. And I have a new list. It's a list of who has the indoor standards. You can bring this uh, screen up right now. You can look at the standards. It's kind of unique for indoors where you can kind of qualify with an indoor mark or even an outdoor mark that is much faster, but they just don't want to force people to have to, who are coming off a of fast outdoor season, to have to squeeze in another fast indoor just because of time constraints. So when you look at this, a lot of the top sprinters basically have already qualified because if you are a sub 10, 10 runner or a sub 11, 15 runner at any point in 2021, you're going to have yeah. a sick, you're going to qualify. Uh, so the big question, which I have up on the, on my new updated list of world athletics, indoor standard list is trying to see what event are we kind of the most limited in and i was looking at it and the event that kind of pops to me is the men's once again the men's 1500 because right now only five men have the standard that is cooper tier cole hawker sam prakel craig angles and johnny gregoric you don't see a Yard Nagus on there. You don't see a Matthew Sensuitz. Um, I think that's going to be the event to watch to see new people added to the list to make sure they have the standard. Uh, what do you think? Do, do you see any other event? I mean, the women's distance, there's only three women with the 3K standard. El Perrier, Emma Coburn, and Alicia Monson, and then no one else. So that's going to be a, a wide-open 
race. Same thing with like the 1500. There's some, there's only what, seven women with the 1500. Uh, so I'll be excited to see people try to chase, especially in those 15 3K events. Yeah, I think the the 15 is just always something that eludes U.S. athletes on the men's side. I think that's going to continue to be a problem. I can see more women getting it in the 3K. But it's tough because we just don't know who's actually going to run. So you can say, oh, Centro doesn't have it, but probably isn't running indoors. Or if he is, he's not going to run. Uh, with the intent of qualifying and going over to to Belgrade to compete. That's just an assumption. I don't know. And if it's not central, it's somebody else who's a big name who who may not compete. It's hard to know who's actually going to to run. Uh, we got a question here about Christian Coleman. Will yeah, Coleman, so... this is from Anthony, will Coleman be over his ban in order to take part in indoors? Yes. According to reports, his ban was reduced to end November 2021. So we're actually, it's December 2021. We're now living in a world where Christian Coleman is no longer banned. So he will be able to compete in indoors. So, yeah, he can run right now. He can run right now. So initially, yeah. Him. So initially, initially he had the, the ban to, May 13th, 2022, right? It got pushed back saying... to November, 2021. Okay. By six months. So world indoors. There you go. Do you, um, think, uh, do you think Coleman will be a factor right away for world indoors? Yes. 60 is He's He's great in the 60. He's really good in the 60. I think he's going to want to get races in and develop some sort of routine, get back to a normal competition schedule. Um, so I, I definitely think he'll be in there. Look, throw this picture up again. I think I have the exact same backsplash as Christian Coleman. If that's his house, we just got our backsplash redone behind the uh, faucet. Yeah, that's a dead ringer for what we have. Anyway, so good, 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 uh, good, good kitchen design there. Um, the rest of his stuff's way nicer than mine, though. I'll just say, uh, yeah, I think he's gonna run. Why not? Why not? I mean, he's he's awesome at the sixty. He's competed frequently in the sixty before. I think we're gonna see him um, early and often in the indoor season. I would guess. Also, you look at that photo. Put the photo back up. You can zoom in on the upper right corner. Christian Coleman's a partier. Look at that. He's got a lot of oh. uh, adult beverages I, on top of his fridge. I don't have That's that in my house. house. That's a lot of Sorry. empty bottles. <laughs> we don't know if that's his house. I guess we should say this is 15 weeks ago as well, too. But yeah, D per great subway tile, grout the same color, nice faucet, good appliances. Well done. Uh, okay, what else are you looking for? So, uh, so on top of the distance events, who's going to have be able to chase the the standard for these indoor meets? same time you know a lot of the field events uh outside of like certain ones have a lot of people but like there's only one guy with like the high jump standard yeah uh, only one woman Javon with the high jump standard uh yeah Devon harrison and Vashti cunningham shot puts triple jump are pretty kind of and long jump are pretty good already there's no weight throws so you don't have to worry about that but the one thing i am interested in, in is fred curley Fred Curley kind of shocked the world, shocked the, the running fans and media. Um, by the end of the year, he wasn't a shock anymore, right? Because he was just kind of just established, like, this is who I am. But Fred Curley, is he going to be a factor indoors? And if he is, would he be able to, like, extremely shock the world and be good at the 60 indoors? Because if he's able to transform from a... 400 meter world finalist to like a 60 meter because that's 100 you can kind of understand but if 60 that would be more incredible especially with his body type it would be like seeing usain bolt running a 60 he never did it because he's so much taller uh he has tweeted out a few weeks ago 2020 going to be a crazy special year for me frederick lee curly quiet face <laughs> lick face Grin, smile, face. I just want to see Fred Curley 
try to qualify in the 60. Maybe he goes back to the 400 because uh, obviously he has talent there for the indoor, but I hope he just doesn't skip over indoor. I just want to see Fred Curley on a few indoor races. Yeah, I don't know if he's running indoor. I seem to remember him saying something about it on Instagram or Twitter at some point, and I don't I don't remember what the response was, but it wouldn't surprise me. Um, either way, whichever decision he makes. I think we got a comment, too, from, from Matthew asking if we're going to do indoor predictions for world champs. It's just tough because you don't know who's going to run. Even up until when U.S. champs take place, you still don't know who's going to run at world indoors. So we'll probably do a bigger show in terms of just overall predictions for everybody for 2022, but I don't know if we'll zero in on world indoors. Um, Trayvon Brumel is running according to this tweet, 19 indoors loading. Wait, what is that? So does that mean he's planning on running 19 indoor meets in 2021? (laughs) I think it's something I don't get. I don't get I think it's, I think he's talking about his 2019 season. He wants to repeat that. But okay. does that make sense? What happened in 2019? No. Why he'd want to, wouldn't he want to repeat the 20, didn't, wasn't 2016 his good indoor season? Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Nine, well, there's, there's, it means something else. Yeah, 19, 2019, he only ran two races. Um, oh, so maybe. Explain. He yeah, that would be a bad year. That would be a bad year if he's, if he's trying to repeat 19 because he was injured. <laughs> Come on, Trayvon, what let us know. We don't understand. We don't, I don't know. I don't understand. And, and it tracks hard enough to figure out before you have the, the confusing tweets. So please, Trayvon, let us know. Are any of the quote, tri- click on the quote tweets. Are, are any of the quote tweets of the tweet? Telling this us is what get, it means? I bet it gets nothing to see here yet, according to quote tweets. How about the comments, responses, anything? Can we get any clarity on what is going on with Trevon Bermel? Bring in the heat, someone says. All right. I mean, he used the word indoors. So that's promising. Anyway, so 100 days to Belgrade. I mean, I see the number 19, and I have a reflective negative reaction because of the last two years. So, oh, maybe it's something positive. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, listen, uh, Bromel is really good in indoors. Coleman is really good at indoors. Even if those two guys run, Ronnie Baker is really good at indoors in the 60. You're going to have a good, you're going to have a good indoor season in the sprints if those guys run. So, uh, Grant Holloway commented on there as well, too. Obviously he was sensational in the indoors season this year. So. Yeah, it'll be good. I don't know who's competing. So then you, you can do a whole preview and then you have to backtrack and say, this person's not going to be in and this person ran two races and then shut it down. Because there's the people who, and you, you know the score, and I'm not telling you you don't know, but there's the people who run the season, but then don't go to the championships. And then there's the people who do the entire thing. And that's two groups of people. So even if someone is running a bunch of early season meets, maybe they're showing up to Clemson, maybe they're running in Arkansas, run some college meets, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to go to USA's and and then to Belgrade. We you, you just don't know because then you start running into track and world champs are early this year. There's a lot of reasons why they would opt out. Don't you think the fact that this is a conversation? Uh, will we do indoors? Will you not? Oh, you're running into track. Yeah. <laughs> Literally the the sport that they're already doing. Um, I think it shows that indoors isn't what it. Mm-hmm. What we ex- what fans want it to be. Fans want to be treated like a legitimate season that people get mm-hmm. up for. That winning matters, losing matters. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, obviously, obviously, it matters at the indoor level almost because you throw in a cross country meet, and all of a sudden, all the most of the indoor athletes are like, "No, nah, we're just going to skip that and go do cross country." Uh, but right. for the most part, in college, the best of the best attempt to peak for indoors but the pros they don't and i think i mean it just goes to show that our sports kind of not set up the right way and it's not the correct incentive it's too much incentivized on one weekend one week in august or in july aka usa's and or world outdoors that 
we try to build up these other championships, but the athletes aren't doing it, right? We're going to have them like, oh, no, I'm just – I'm using indoors my base phase to get ready for outdoors. Yeah. Like, no one is saying well, I am, you know, using the uh, the uh, the Eastern Conference Finals as my base phase before the NBA Finals, right? It just doesn't Well, they are though. cruising. Uh, hold on. To be fair, though, they, they are cruising through a big part of the NBA season. And the same thing you could you don't see it in football, but you definitely see it in the the leagues that have more games. They they do cruise, and I think the problem is yeah. you slap U.S. champs and world champs labels on these things, and we expect okay they're going to go all in for them. But the reality is this is just prep for outdoors. And if those championship labels weren't on there, then we'd be like okay cool we saw so and so run three or four times indoors. That was like the beginning part of their season, and then they kept going. But yeah. because there's a championship and medals attached. We expect everybody to go all in, but they don't. They don't see it the same way. I mean, I, I don't really, I don't really blame them because that's not how the season's set up. Of course, are there indoor Olympics, Gordon? There are no indoor Olympics. So there you go. You can only care so much about it. Then, yeah, maybe. Do you think we'll ever right. get an indoor Olympics? No, and I don't think they're during winter. I, you're a, so you're a bigger indoor guy because you're a Northeast guy. So you grew up with indoor okay. being a bigger fixture. I'm, yeah. I like it. It's cool. It's fine. But I just see it as extra added on, right? Because you have whole events that aren't included and whole events that are drastically different than, than they would be outdoors. So to me, you know, if we could do outdoors all year round or outdoors starting in January and going through September, I, I'd be all about it. I get the necessity for it. But since I didn't really grow up with it, it wasn't a big a part of my upbringing in the sport. I mean, you got to admit, though, it would be cool if there was an indoor track meet every Winter Olympics, every four years. On ice. On ice. No, <laughs> not on skating. ice. Just a legitimate indoor track meet. I get it. It's all, you know, everyone has their ways of doing things. This is the way the world is. This is our system. We do it this way. We have olympics then worlds then nothing then worlds then olympics then worlds then nothing it's that's what we do and uh no one's ever going to change it unfortunately mm -hmm. yeah i think if you look at it as hey we'll get to see from a fan's perspective right you get to see coleman back what does he have you get to see uh bromel how's he looking early on in the season after how his year ended in in 2021 some of the milers that you talked about right is anybody going to make a leap up and make a run Hawker and Tier, they got the standard. Are they going to take advantage of that? Are they going to make a, a world team in their first attempt? That'd be a pretty big story. You look at it as that. It's all bonus for me. Bonus. Uh, on, this, uh, in, on this Instagram of Trayvon talking about who's ready for indoors, question mark. Um, a certain guy by the name Crazy Long Jumper raises mm. his hand three times. Do you know whose uh, Instagram handle that is? You know, it shouldn't be it shouldn't be the reigning Olympic champion in the hundred because it just seems like a random account. Crazy long jumper seems like you see crazy. I I see the handle crazy long jumper and I expect to click on it and the bio it says like recruit from the state of California. Here's a link to my highlights. But no, you click on the bio and you find out it's Marcel Jacobs. Um, he didn't run after the Olympics. And he got a lot of crap for it from a lot of people. And I think he's really anxious to run. And you can speculate about all the reasons why he didn't run after the Olympics. But he's been good in indoors. So it, it obviously would behoove him to run in the indoor season. And obviously, he wants to capitalize on the fact that he is the reigning gold medalist. I'm sure financially that's, that's good. But right, watching him. Like him versus Coleman right now. You're tuning in for that. Like that, like I'm, I'm watching that live. I'm not just saying, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll catch the replay later. Like I'm tuning in to a Marcel Jacobs, Christian Coleman 60 right now. Because I'm interested in both guys. His uh, Instagram bio just has a Google link that just links to his name being searched <laughs> on Google. I love it. Is. Who does that? It's just like I just typed his name in Google, click enter, then took the URL, and then that is his well, his URL on his Instagram. It's just 
start Googling his name. If you put like three digits after Crazy Long Jumper, you'd convince me it's his AOL, AOL Instant Messenger name from like 25 years ago. Like that's just, it's just so weird. Wait, was Marcel Jacobs taken? <laughs> He's like, I'm going Crazy Long Jumper. And then he wins the 100. We, we talk all the time about, oh, you got to change your your Twitter handle because it says 5k in it and you won the 1500, but literally he's the Olympic champion in the hundred and he's going, not putting his name in the bio or the fact that he runs the hundred. But am I getting too excited about this? Would you not be super interested right now? If you could see Coleman and Jacobs. <laughs> oh, I'll be. Marcel. Yeah. Pulled yeah that's, uh, now we know why he doesn't have, <laughs> now we know why he doesn't have Marcel Jacobs. It is taken by, uh, another Marcel Jacobs, uh, Unfortunately, Who has one that post. should be our goal. Get Marcel Jacobs' Twitter handle, Instagram handle back. Uh, no, but um, yeah, I, I would be excited for to see a Marcel Coleman, Trayvon battle. Yeah, throwing a Baker too if he if he makes yeah. it. But yeah, just seeing Marcel, especially if he goes and wins, because then it's going to be yeah. like he's going to use it as my Olympic championship was not a fluke. But then all the yeah. naysayers will be like, indoor doesn't count. So it's like one of these weird things where he won't be able to really please yeah. the masses until he does it again at an outdoor level. But if he and does go Coleman into, I'll be if he goes into twenty twenty two outdoors with a one hundred win and then a sixty win, that's going to be kind of hard to go up against. But if Coleman wins, then people are going to be talking about a you only won because Coleman wasn't there. It's going to be no matter what yeah. we'll have uh, something to talk about. And and usually, I'm not that big on the men's 60. It's not one of the top events for me indoors, but I'm just thinking in my head when we eventually do do the indoor preview show and we're talking about what are the 10 things we want to see indoors, this would be one of them because of the people that are involved. And that's ultimately what drives interest in this is the people that are involved. Because then you look at the other side, you look at the women's 60. On paper, it should be way more fascinating, but I don't think any of the big names are going to run indoors. So we're not going to get that. But on the men's side, I think we will get it. Do you think we'll get Shikari? 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 No, I, I don't think we will get her much, no. Okay. And I know. What, I mean, it's like a zero. What's the percent chance we get Thompson, Haran, and Fraser Price? One percent that we get zero. them one time? Zero percent. Yeah. Yeah. Get the odds of them, all three of them lining up are, are very low. So. I mean, the, here's a list of qualifiers so far in the 60. That's a relatively easy mark for Richardson and, and the others to hit if they want to do it. But I would guess yeah, they're already in with their 100 time, though. So it's fine. I mean, Richardson alone, Richardson alone would be great to see, but it goes up a level when you have obviously Thompson and, and Fisher Price in there. But for the men, Jacobs is saying, I'm doing it. We're pretty sure Coleman's doing it. Bromel's, you already got hard commits from people, which makes me feel better about it actually happening. We're turning this podcast into a 100 day out preview of Worlds. Um, do you it's think? Okay. Uh, so I, I put up a tweet, Travis, give me find a tweet. I put it up on Flow Track. Uh, we talked about it a little bit on um, the podcast after, on Monday. But I showed the top 16 5K marks in indoors in the NCAA in the 2010 season for the full season. So including the championship final and then the top 16 marks in the NCAA after one weekend of competition. And it is stark. You, Sam Chalanga, who had the second best time in 2010, would have been 15th in – would have been 16th in 2022 and it kind of just shows like just a massive difference between what was elite 10 years ago to what's elite now it's kind of it's like a whole shift of what 20 seconds basically on average everyone is basically just 20 seconds faster than what they were 10 years ago and people in the, in the comments were like you know saying oh it's the shoes right that's basically what everyone's saying um I do think shoes are a factor, but I also don't think it's the main reason. Uh, I think once people just start running fast, others just feel like they can also do that, right? Once you see someone ahead of you go, you want to be with them. And 
the sport just naturally has a progression to get faster and faster. And when you really think about it, this is due because there's athletes across the ocean in Ethiopia and Kenya who are the age of 18 to 22 who are running this fast or even faster. If anything, I think it's a sign that we are catching up with the world as opposed to us just becoming all-time elite. Like, you look at someone like Jakob Ingebrigtsen and when he was a 16 and 17-year-old running all these crazy times, and it's just, like, mind-boggling. And you realize, like, that actually is actually possible. Like, we, isn't, it, it, we shouldn't just limit, say, 18 to 22. The best you should be is 13, 30. Maybe 18 to 22 age-year-olds, the best you can be is 13, 10. And, like, everyone is just realizing, like, there's a, another 20 seconds we have ability because it's not like they're running world records. They're still, you know, 40 seconds off a world record. But I just thought it was interesting seeing over a decade period the transformation of what our NCAA athletes from ages 18 to 22 are doing compared to before. I think there's obviously – caveats here though because sam chalang was very fast but i think you just you run fast enough to qualify especially in indoors and looking at when those some of those times were set march the 12th that would have been at the ncaa championships so they ran even slower to qualify but they're not gonna they're gonna look and see okay what's the time i need and then they're gonna run that during the regular season so i think you have to factor that in because i think what's happening here and i I'm not discounting the shoes entirely. I'm not saying that the shoes make no difference. Obviously they do. But I think what's happening here is each year coaches get better and better at figuring out how to maximize their athletes potential throughout the season and when to put them in the right race and how to get them in the right race. And the earlier the big race happens in the event, there's just a trickle down effect to making the whole event faster because now everybody's looking at the 16th best time. And I got to scramble to get it. And I think we got the extreme, extreme example this year where two weeks after cross, they go and then they go between, what's this, 13, 14, and 13, 36, 13, 37. 13, and now that's the mark. Right. So now that's the marker for the rest of the season. So the other meets at BU, the Iowa State Classic, whatever, right? They're all going to be chasing this mark and the coaches were smart because they figured out hey my athlete's in really good shape right now after cross country this is a better way to do it versus you know that, that took them a, a little bit of time to come to that and and to set up the right race on the right track it didn't they didn't do that overnight and i, I think because of that there's squeezing the most out of because you look at because my first thought when you told me this i was like okay maybe that year was just slow but no you look at mcneil and Jalanga, those are legit dudes up there right you could yeah. say oh well you know the, the the 12th best guy isn't as good as the other the the 12th best guy now but up front those guys are legit but they're just running as fast as they need to in order to qualify that's the name of the game really indoors and outdoors if you think about it unless you want to go take a shot and take a big swing at peyton but how many seasons did we see Chez just like cruise through and then he ended his college career in a lot of events having pbs that were not indicative of how fast he was because the whole idea was just qualify. Yeah. And then I see this and it makes me think, all right, we're seeing a bunch of college kids running 13-20 low, even a 13-14. Do you think this is going to translate to extremely fast pros, pro 3Ks in 2022? And that, you know, you throw in a Chalimo, you throw in a, a Inga Britson, who name who Kiplimo, uh, if he does indoors, I don't know if he does indoors, but he's throwing all these yeah. guys. Do you think we could have kind of like a head turning 3K season? I mean, we're, we're, we're living in an era where there's people who are running yeah. 1250 and even people who are breaking yeah. the world record. So, do you think we're going to have extremely fast 3Ks potentially in 2022 at the pro level? You talking about indoors or you talking about outdoors? Yeah, indoors. You're talking about US? Indoors. Oh, okay. This is we're 100 US days athletes? out from the indoor worlds. This is an indoor preview show. All right. The road to Belgrade starts now. The road to Belgrade. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Look at, wasn't it last year when 
there was those ridiculous uh, 3K times indoors. I mean, everybody was chalking it up to the to the shoes. I'm pulling it up right now. 2020. Yeah, I mean, Kajelka ran. Uh, that's outdoors. Dang it. Um, maybe it was. Let me see. Maybe it was 2021. Maybe I'm getting my years confused here. But uh, Wale, I feel like ran a sub 730 indoors. Yeah, he ran 724. He ran 724.98 in Levine. So, Borrega, 726. Skirma, 727. Yeah, yeah. Four guys over 730. To answer your question, yes. 100% yes. And that has nothing to do with what I talked about earlier in the NCAA qualifying system and how coaches are maximizing the the most out of it. That's just the athletes being faster. That's all that is. But when I look at this chart, I do think it it is interesting because... Are they, is, is the field better than it was now? I mean, it's certainly faster, but they, you, again, you look at the top of that list and, and the, the pros and the names that it produced, like, are we going to look in five years at the 2021 list and say, oh yeah, and they were just way better. Or is it just a matter of, they're just trying to keep up with the Joneses at this point? Yeah, I think it's keeping up with the Joneses. Um, because like, I'm yeah. looking at, I'm looking at Chalanga. So I'm looking at Chalanga, right? In 2010. These were his 5K times, 13.44 at the Tyson invite. That was his qualifying time, right? And then he goes 13.37 at the NCAA champs and gets second to McNeil. Outdoors, he ran uh, uh, 13.54 at IC4A. Then regionals, he ran 13.52. Then he got second in the 5K at NCAAs and ran 13.45. Now, 10K, though, remember that 10K? That was this Chris Zielinski, oh, yeah. 26.59. Chalanga goes 27.08 in the 10K. Then he runs the East Regional Qualify, and then he goes 28.37 in the NCAA Championships. So he wins the 10K, gets second in the five. Um, and he won, went on to win cross that fall as well, too. And then two years later, he gets his 5K PB down to 13.09. Like, he always had it. He just didn't have a reason to run that fast 5K. He put everything into running that fast 10,000. I just think the the performances are coming earlier, coming quicker, and coming more consistently than they did in the past. Because it, it feels like now any race can be a record attempt. Any race can be a quick race. And, and before, and it needs to be. Whereas before, I felt like way more things needed to be orchestrated and put in the right place. Like it needs to be at Dempsey or it needs to be at Stanford. I, now I, I feel like there's more people going for it. So you're saying that if in 2010, if in 2010, we took a time machine and we told these 16 guys, hey, we need you to all run 20 seconds faster, they would all be able to do it? No. Because obviously we know Chalanga and McNeil could do it. And, but yeah. do you think I think Ryan Collins of Virginia could run 13.28? Not necessarily. But I, I think McNeil and Chalanga do it. And if they do it in a race like the BU race, pulls everybody a little bit faster right? Which then incentivizes the next group. And then the person who's, I mean, look at 16 on that list, Luke Buscedra, he's a legit runner. And that was Luke Buscedra as a senior as well, too. Like these aren't, these aren't bad runners. I just think the system is, is entirely different. And then you combine that with, yeah, they're a little bit quicker, the new technology, all of it together creates this new, this new world that we live in. Um, I mean, when, how long has BU been doing this meet? Has that been since your time at Flow? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's really just a meet. I do think that there's something different going on. I don't think, I know you understand, like, the, the whole post-cross-country thing and just, like, fast is just reading other fast. But, like, I think it's more than that. I think it's honestly a, menta- a, a mental thing. I think it's a mental breakthrough. I think Kobe Lowe was never told you can run sub-1330 pace when he was in the college. I think he was told you can run sub-1350 pace in college. I think the coaches geared their athletes to run sub-1350 and as opposed to now, we're gearing college athletes to run sub-1330. You know, because well, when you go fine. to a 5K, you, you, you purposely, you, you're, you're thinking about your pace thinking about that opening mile that opening 3k and i think in 2010 the coaches were telling their athletes this is how hard you need to go out in the first mile in the first 3k of a 5k 
And I think now coaches are yeah, telling but- them, do it 20 seconds faster. Well, I think we're saying the same thing because I'm saying the reason that that happens is someone does it before them. And then now they have the belief that they can do it, but also they have the necessity to do it because you need to, because it doesn't matter if you're 17th, you have to be top 16. So go out, figure a way to get it done. And that's, that is fast breeding more fast. Um, Because again, like Colby Lowe was a legit runner. Aaron Braun, legit, like these are you know, Elliot Heath, solid runners here. Again, you can go year by year and be like, well, this one ended up better than that one. But it's the NCAA. On the whole, you're going to look at a, a list of 16 men or women. And you're going to be able to pull out one or two who went on to have great careers. So, yeah, I think we're going to have fast 3Ks. I think we're going to have a fun 60. I am excited to see what a thing Mo does. Is she going to run an 800 at Worlds? Is she going to run a 400? Is she going to do neither? Is she going to do both? I know she's oh, racing AJ Wil- She's racing AJ Wilson at Milrose, which will be good. Yes, she's going to smoke her. No, there's no match. To be honest, there's really no matchup in the 800 with AJ with a, a thing mode that I'll get excited about. To be honest, because she's going to smoke anyone. The only matchup. I'm excited about it. For I'm excited about it still. No, no, no. Stop, 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 stop. You can't make me not excited how? about this. Because she's at least running it again, and she's going against the hard, the hardest field she could possibly run against. And I'm not saying Wilson's the favorite. I watched Mo last year. I know how good she is, but I credit both of them for for hopping in that race. That'll be fun. Okay. Listen. Would you rather listen? Wa- would you rather watch indoors? AJ Wilson, good indoors. A thing, Mo. You pointed out last year, and that 400 had to run to the outside. Ended up getting second. Would you rather watch a Thing Mo race AJ Wilson in an 800 where you know that a Thing Mo is going to win? Or would you rather watch a Thing Mo race Sydney McLaughlin in a 400? Indoor 400 or outdoor 400? Indoor. Because it's this is an indoor uh, preview show. Uh, yeah, I'm indoors right now. I can't get excited about indoor 400s. I'm sorry. Just can't do it. That would be fun, though. And, uh, Apologies and, to everybody involved. A oh, Sydney yeah. versus a Thing 400? I'll get up for that. Yeah. I'll definitely get up for that. Because, uh, dude, I want to watch a race where a thing could potentially lose. And a thing's not losing an 800 anytime soon. I think, number one, it's cool that she's running. It's cool she's running in that meet. And it's cool that Wilson, I don't know where, if I had to rank the women's eight right now, I mean, she made the team. So she's, she's no lower than third best in the United States. I know she had a rough Olympics and didn't get in the, get in the final, but. I'd still say Ajay Wilson's one of the best 800-meter runners in the world. Now, a thing Mo is cut above right now, everybody else. But I give her credit for hopping in there and and I create a cool race. Again, I, yes, you always want more. I always want more. And you, But I don't think McLaughlin's going to run much indoors, if I had to guess. Yeah. Anyway. I just saw the headline and was excited. I saw the a thing Mo, Ajay Wilson headline and was like okay cool now last year would i have been more excited maybe but it's still fun every time a thing mo races on the track and aj wilson's like she's from philly gordon she understands she's from philly she's got that she's got that indoor or she's from new jersey she's from new jersey but she trains in philly indoor's a big part of it her her upbringing and track and she's always super smart indoors and Maybe she'll come in, in in crazy shape, but I'm excited about it. Okay, we'll wrap, we'll wrap up this uh, 100 Days Out world preview thoughts. I'm going to hit you with five rapid questions, and you have to okay. give me an answer. Okay? It's like a prediction question. Okay. Ready? How rapid do you want my answers? Within, you know, a few seconds. Okay. Just like, oh, I don't know. It's not like you get to like, we're not like playing like some crazy speed game. I don't know if you have All to right, go. First question. Go. First question. Over under 1.5 Oregon Ducks who recently ran for Oregon the past year make uh the world team. Okay, over under Cooper, will both Cooper and Cole make world indoor team. Cooper under. Cole Hawker. Under. So you think only Cole will make it? Okay. 
Next question. Over under 600 meters will be the event that a thing Mo runs at Worlds. So she run the four or the eight. In this, are we assuming that she runs Worlds? Yeah, assuming she runs. Over, I'm going to say 800. Say 800? Okay. Over, under, USA winning the indoor 4x4. Four four. Oh, man. What's Poland up to these days? Uh, Will, so you're asking, will US, U.S. men or women? Yeah, men. Men. I'm going to hold you to these. I'll say yes. I'll say yes. Do they win? Okay. Yeah, because I don't know who the strong contender would be. And I know the U.S. and the indoor 4x4s, they're not always sending the four fastest, but I'll I'll say yes. Depth wins out. Okay. Over under two U.S. athletes get disqualified at World Indoor. Over. 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 Big over. Big over. Hammer that over. They did change the DQ rules, yeah. so maybe that will yeah. help. Yeah, I'm excited. So we know I'm excited in 2018. for you to get a hand <laughs> When you're in Belgrade, I want you to do a first-hand investigation of the DQs to see if they're still doing it. The DQ Olympics. Okay, one more. Last one? Yeah. That's four. Okay, last, last one. Will an American medal in the men's no no will over under two medals mm-hmm. in the men's and women's four distance events so 15 mm-hmm. 3k 15 3k will usa have two or more medals two oh man so it's so a total of 12 opportunities right because there's six, 12 medals out there 3k yeah 15 men and women well, you always have at least two of them. I'm not feeling good about the 15 for the men for the reasons you cited earlier. On the women's side of things, it's just a loaded event. So I'm not feeling good about that one. 3K, I don't know if there's more opportunities or fewer, but... I mean, if Safan Hassan and Faith Kipyegon, well, Safan Hassan and Faith Kipyegon double or Helen O'Beary or Sagai, it just, there's just so many options here on the women's side. I don't, I'll say under. Overall, I'm going to be under. under. Yeah. I'm going with the push. I think we get two. I think Hawker and Shalimo would both. I think Hawker and Shalimo would both medal. I think this, I think Hawker is going to be, I have a good year. We got a comment in the chat uh, from Rose Runner over under 4.5 indoor world records. See, I, I mean, I have to put, pick it. Let me, let me do that right now. In any event, so that we can break this 300s and like the six. I don't want to do, no, yards. I don't know. If, I don't know if that's what he meant, but I don't want to play that game because I don't like it. So I'm going to talk, I'm going to say events that are contested at world indoors. So here's the men's marks. 60, 634 by Coleman, no. 200, 1992, no. 444.57. Um, I mean, Michael Norman ran faster, 44.52, but it wasn't ratified, I guess. Um, 142.6 in the 800. 331 in the 15, I think, could go down. That's going to go. I think that's going to go down. 347 in the mile. No. If Inga Britson really gets after it, I mean, I know he's running cross, so I don't know what he's I, – I don't know if that means he's gearing up or it means he's going to stay in the longer stuff. 7.24 for the 3K, no. 12.49 I can the, No, five, I can see that breaking. I can see a 3K going down. That's so dang fast. Yeah, you're right. I don't know if I can see it happening. No, like the five, the five at 12.49 is, is tough. So, yeah, 15, 3K. Hurdles, can Holloway break his own record? Yeah. Maybe shot put, yes. Pole vault, yes. That's just on the men's side. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go over. I guess I'm going over. Over four point five. Do you know who has the four by four world record according to track and field news? 
Poland? No. Who? I actually want to see you. I want to, I want you to, no, no, I'm not going to tell you. I want you to guess. I'm ne- I'm never going to tell you the answer to this question. This podcast might I mean, go I can easily for look a look it up. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't want me to look. Okay. Play the game. Don't be a jerk. My hands Play are the up. game. Colt says he has an extra hour here. We're going to see how long it takes you to guess who has the 4x4 record. On the men's side. Men's 4x4 world right. record indoors. And yep. It's the USA? No. Okay. Well, the obvious hold, on. hold on. Hold on. Let me do a, let me do a caveat here. This is going to give it away, but okay. I'll do a caveat here. So the association isn't USA, but it was American athletes that broke the record. Because as you remember, USC did have it, right? But then they were not yeah. all from Texas A&M. Makes no sense. Uh, at, at that point, yes, but they it's not Texas A&M. No. Anymore? Oh, Houston. No, it's not Texas a Correct. Houston. <laughs> yeah. Amir um, Latin, Obi Abakwe, Jermaine Holt, Kamari Montgomery. Clemson, South Carolina, February 9th, 2019. Yep. All right, let's go to the women's side. I, I want to look at these women's records here. So uh, already you're, you're going over just because you got shot and pulled going over. Women's side, uh, 692 in the 60, 2187 in the two, 49, 59 in the four. That's tough. 15582. In the eight, you think a thing Mo can do that? that? Yeah, three fifty-three in the fifteen from Sagai last year. Eight sixteen from Dababa in twenty fourteen. That can go fourteen eighteen, and then the sixty hurdles a seven sixty-eight. They're four by four uh, mark by Russia three twenty-three, and then high jump two oh eight, pole vault five oh two, long jump seven thirty-seven, triple fifteen forty-three. Rojas could get that again. Shot twenty two fifty, and so on and so forth. So yeah, I'll go. I'll go over. I think field there could be some field and mid distance is where I'm looking, and then on the men's side, I think obviously Grant could break his record. Yep. This is this has been a great hundred days out uh, world indoor preview pod, by the way. Hell yeah, dude! Hell yeah! We're gonna have some All fast. Right. We know we're All gonna right. get fast three Ks. We know we're gonna get a. Uh, a matchup between the 2019 100-meter champ versus the Olympic 100-meter champ in the 60. Yeah. They're coming down to Belgrade to, to face off against each other, throwing Trayvon as well. You know, we're going to get potentially um, 4.5 world records, which we decided today on the podcast. Yeah. And maybe world indoors will be at the Olympics, right? Because we, we're trying to make that, speak, it, speak it into existence. <laughs> We got some emails I wanted to read. Here we go. Uh, Bill responding to the fast 5K times. All right, right in the email during the show. I like it. He says, NCAA 5K time improvements might have some correlation to all of them not wanting to be slower than Newberry Park's fourth runner. <laughs> I like that. You buying that? I do like that. Do you, <laughs> that could be part of it. Do you think uh, any of the Newberry guys would have, if they were in... This 5K, they would have uh, been close to qualif- being top 16. No, they're not ready for I that. I think, right? yeah, they're we did this calculation. You did the calculation where you were using running lane and 5,000 with, with Jenna Hutchins. And you put, that makes you put Aaron Solomon at, or sorry, Colin Solomon at what, 1342. Um, yeah. Obviously, there's a lot of variables that go into that. His coach, John Brosnan, said before, you know, after or after the race, I mean, you know, like he thinks that, that those guys can run 1330s. So I don't think they'd quite get it. I mean, I think the range would be high 1330s to like mid 1350s if you want to make a really big range for where they could finish, which I think you should do yeah. a big range because they're high, they're high schoolers and you're taking a cross country season. But the fact remains, they were what, 403, 407, 408, 409 last year. They're, they're going to have a fa- an opportunity to run fast. I just don't know where they're going to run it. Um, all right. We got another one from... Sorry, let me pull this up right now. 
from Wayne. One thing you didn't mention in your last podcast was the extraordinary divergence between the paths taken by the top two place getters from NCAA cross country in their next race. That Connor Mance ran a sub 61 minute half marathon and that Wesley Kipsey ran a 13, 14 indoor 5,000 on the same day in their next races after running, going one, two in cross country shows the incredible strength of the form out of the NCAA cross country, but also the versatility of the talents involved. 1314 was better than the Olympic qualifying standard for 5,000, and Mance's U.S. half marathon title speaks for itself. Kipchoge deserves enormous credit for running such a time coming back in distance in such a short period after the grueling cross-country race. That's a great point. That's a great point, something we didn't mention before. It was interesting because now we have Mance on this pro trajectory. We're not, like, speaking of him in the same way as we are Wesley Kipchoge. Here's the other thing I think it speaks to. He's still got something left after cross. Which means if you're going to adapt the Gordon Mack cross-country plan of, hey, everybody race a little bit more, I think there might be something to it. Not that you want everybody tired and demoralized at the end of the season, but they clearly are in really good shape, and it might have something to do with the fact that they're not racing a ton. Mance raced a lot, though, but a lot of those were controlled efforts. Yeah. Whitney Orton came back and ran like a 15.09 5K, yeah. and she had only run uh, three cross-country races. So yeah. these people can run more. This whole idea, like uh, overworking the athlete. Yeah, well, if cross country is so hard, then how can you run 13, 20, two weeks later? I don't know. If it was a hard, hard, hard season, you would think you'd be needing time off. But clearly they don't need it because they're elite athletes and they can handle it. And I do like your thought. This, is, this 5K is proof that we can add more weeks to a cross country season. Well, I'm going to go to the coaches and also, convention and hold up this tweet framed proof that you can do more. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. I think, I think also it's just coaches tinkering because maybe before like the, your conventional wisdom says when your season's done, it's done. Stop. Don't do too much. But they figured out somewhere along the line that, oh man, they're in really good shape. Let's do this now. This is the best opportunity to do it. And I, I think that just goes to the ever-evolving um, ideas that, that coaches have in terms of athlete performance and when's the best place to, to tap into that peak performance. I mean, uh, let, me try to, let me try to find some while you look up the next question. But I'm going to bring up the results. I bet you there's someone who did bad at cross who then went on to run fast in this indoor race because – and we know like the top people did well. Where does Simon Bedard yep. finish? The guy who or Simon Bedard, little... who went on to run 1332, finished 60th at NCAAs. Yeah. Right. Which is like kind of crazy that a 1332 guy got beat by 59 other people. Right? Cro yeah. Cross is weird though. It's uncontrolled environment like some people just thrive better in track when they have immediate feedback they can just latch onto a pace and they don't need to worry about anything else so it, it doesn't it does not surprise me uh, at all that someone would be able to to show that big of improvement and then you go back to the Terre Haute year where people were all over the place yeah in that race because the w weather was awful it's 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 welcomed when they come indoors and they don't have to worry about the mud and they're just like i'm in great shape and that was really annoying that i placed so poorly in cross i'm going to show how good a shape i'm in we're getting some recommendations for where newberry park should run we should say we're not in charge of that gordon just wants to have them run at pan relays but rose runner says he wants to have them run in an ekiden in japan and then we got an email Ooh. from from Daniel in California, who says, is there a cross-country event in Europe where Newberry Park could compete against the best European runners? It would be awesome. I think people just want to take Newberry Park International now. I think that's the goal. This is, do you know what we need? This is what we need. Mm. Oh, my goodness. We need to wait maybe two more years. Maybe one, one more year or two. I don't know. But we get a weird, weird way to do some ekadin type race and it's just a three legs and it's the youngs mm -hmm. versus the ingebrigtsens and it's basically norway versus america nico leo and lex young representing team usa versus jakob henrik and uh 
got the other guy's name. Philip. Philip, sorry. Philip. Jakob Henrik and Philip I mean, representing Norway. And we do a, a good three by 3K. I hate to burst your bubble, but Norway would win easily. Okay. Okay. Yeah, they would. That is true. But it'll still be fun. You know what they say it's is they, the sit and kick is can happen. And, you, you know, maybe <laughs> one of them is out of shape. Yes, they would destroy yeah. us. Maybe we need them. This is what we need. We need the Inga Britons to run it today. And then they set the mm-hmm. mark. And then we wait five years from now and then have the youngest yeah. do it. Yeah. So just have yeah, them, like, do it in 2026. And then they'll be more even. I agree. When I was doing the, when I was doing the race breakdown, I was pulling up different stats, and I think this is my favorite one because everybody's like, "Oh my gosh, they have the best three guys in the nation." That's unprecedented, and these three guys are some of the best um, we've seen in this era. Here's here's my favorite stat though, because it gives love to the seventh runner. So in this meet, in this running lane cross country championships, there were 31 teams total. So you take Newberry Park out of it, they were competing against 30 teams. How many of those 30 teams? Did Newberry Park's seventh runner beat the first runner? Ooh. So, okay. How many of the third? 20. 16. Oh, wow. And these are the best teams in the nation. <laughs> I looked it up and according to the Milesplit rankings. Nine of the top 10 teams in Milesplit's rankings were there, right? This was the national championship or high school cross country. Yeah. It wasn't just a regional meet where you got some of the best teams. And their seventh runner finished higher than 16 other teams in the meet. Best runner. Yeah. That's wild. He ran 14.59. He's a transfer. seventh runner was poor. 14.59. Gets more air time. Be the number one somewhere else. Get some, get it's like some, you're the playing time. It's like being the backup quarterback yeah. at Ohio State. Why, not, why do that when you go transfer to Boise State and then be the star of the Mountain West Conference? That's what we should do. And I, I also thought, for some reason, I thought two of the four on Newberry Park were seniors, and then I found out only one of them was. Yeah. That's scary. Yeah. Frightening indeed. So we're okay. going to repeat this next year. It's going to be preposterous. Uh, Daniel also asked, has Cole Hawker released a schedule of races? Not that I've seen, and if you find one, let us know. Um, Kevin passes along. We forgot to mention, Kalen Tui broke the U20 uh, national record in the 3K. We talked about Nico Young doing it for the, the 5K, but when we were talking about the women's 3K, we didn't mention that Tui had it, broken it for the women's 3K. Yeah, I think it's... Be- one thing, I was watching that 3K with Tui, and... She w- she was looking good, but she just didn't have that last gear that the three women who beat two or three women who beat her, and mm-hmm. I think for Tui to get to that next level where she's going to be in the running to win a championship, she's going to need to learn how to get that that sixth gear or fifth gear, whatever you want to call it, because right now she seems like she's kind of. I know it's kind. It seems kind of mean to call someone a U twenty record holder as kind of flat, but I guess that's what happens when you run against the best. You make well, your greatness yeah. I, become less significant because you're around even greater greatness. So um, it's because it if good. she would have ran this race by herself, it would have looked better. And I think because Kaylin McCabe was in it, it's just kind of like, you know, you kind of, your eyes go yeah. to her and her kick. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, that's fine. I mean, Kaylin McCabe's great. There's no shame in losing. Yeah. The thing is, Tui's per, Tui's beating her time and eventually um, she keeps dropping time. She'll be there. I thought it was good. It was a show of strength that she felt like she had enough. She wasn't just hanging on to the back of that pack and then dropping off because listen, all of her high school races, it was her ahead by a whole bunch. Yeah. And then with all these high school runners going into college, the question is, well, how are they going to do with people around them? And she's obviously had a ton of races now where people are around her and, and she's getting used to it. But being able to respond or initiate a move late when there's people around you is a, is a good skill to develop. And again, you take a look at where she started. I mean, she had surgery. She's, she's still on the, uh, on the upswing, I think, which is, which is good. Cause there's no, no guarantee with anybody when they get into college. So congrats to her for the U20 yeah. record. I'm interested to see how she does and 
you know, the championship race, like, how do you think that women's 3K is going to play out in NCAAs? Like, you just don't know. It, it yeah. could be a longer drive from home. NC State's going to qualify several people. Maybe they can dictate the pace a bit. But you're right. That next, I feel like that next step is always that, that closing speed. That's like the last, the last piece of the puzzle. Yeah, and I, I'm you gotta give Caitlin credit. She is one of one for the pathway in running that she has to go through because the expectations that are put on her are bigger than anyone else coming out of high school, yep. and also the just like the progression is not as unique compared to other people. A lot of other men and women, they kind of have a lot slower progression and, and then they peak, you know, junior year. And that's when they have their breakout. She had her peak, not her peak, but she had her big breakout, like as a sophomore, right? She had all yeah. the pressure started when she was like 15 and she's been dealing with that for multiple years, throw on the injury, yeah. the surgery. They're basically, mm -hmm. the timeline is basically setting up. The storyline is basically setting up. It's not going to work, right? It's like, you yeah. peaked in high yeah. school, you're hit, you're hurt. It's going to go downhill. Like there's no way you're going to overcome this, but to come out of this with back-to-back -back good cross country performances, like remember Grant Fisher, his freshman year finished like 21st and cross, right? Now Grant Fisher mm -hmm. is an Olympian. Yeah. So the idea that she needed, and then she, she had back-to-back -back good cross country races. And now with a sub nine and eight fifty four, three K that's legit. And I think she's able to kind of, overcome the amount of pressure and expectation and unique progression that she's had to now just establish like, Hey, I am a red shirt freshman who's run 854 with the world ahead of me, yeah. which is great. You know, she, she hasn't shown her yet now. I'm cause I did kind of criticize it. Like, Oh, she looked kind of flat there, but Hey, she got out kicked by a very good steeplechaser and Anna camp who's a 1500 meter champion. So it's, it's okay to get out kicked by those people when you're a redshirt freshman. Yeah, and everything gets reset in a way when you go to college. We've talked about this before on, on the men's side. We, everybody cares about a sub-four high school senior, and nobody cares about a sub-four college freshman because the whole game changes yeah. when you go into college. And so she gets reset, I, I think, right? And I think that you'd be welcome. It's like, hey – get rid of all those NXN titles. It's just like, all right, now you've had someone who's finished as the top freshman in this weird season twice in a row in cross country. We don't know what that means for the future, but she's certainly doing pretty well. I remember, remember, you know, Jordan Hesse's career, right? A lot of attention early on, goes to college, wins an individual title, but more often than not was getting close and then getting out kicked. Then she uh, is a pro um, on the track. She's solid right? But not the best in the country. And then re completely reinvents herself as a marathoner and runs amazing marathons for a few years. And again, you, you just never, you never know. I could see a situation where Tui's solid throughout her college career. And then she's someone who with, you know, pro running two, two years into pros makes like a big jump. You just don't, you just yeah. don't know. It's too early to say, but um, she's handled it. She's handled it really well. Cause you're right. No one really came in. I mean, I guess you could say like Matthew Bowling as well too came in with yeah. just a level of hype hype and expectations uh, but it's you know it's they're in different situations entirely so fun to watch all right i think that's it we did all the emails uh we covered our 100 days out show which i gotta hand it to you gordon was really really good oh rose runner has one more question will nagoose break tears mile collegiate record what do you think i'm thinking will nagoose even be in college are you reporting something? You think he's going to run indoors and outdoors? Is like Nagus still like he he came back for cross? Did he come back to run to try to like he's already done enough at the track scene? I mean, maybe I I'm this is I'm not reporting anything. I have no so you're not, idea. You're not but I'm just assuming okay. that we may all of a sudden get like an Instagram post of a thank you to Notre Dame from Nagus because he's nothing left to prove at the. NCA level. I mean, he may want to want to see one more DMR, one more DMR. You yeah, might want to write the wrong. Yeah, the they need to do a last dance. Is that what they're doing? They're doing like a Michael Jordan last dance with Nagoose for the indoor DMR. That'll be good. Yeah. Who's the Scotty Pippen of Notre I, Dame? I, 
I don't know, but Scotty <laughs> Pippen's been saying some things. Uh, okay. If he does run in college, could he get it? Yeah. Yes. It's tough, though. I don't think we can – we can't just take last year and say everything's going to be faster this year because it's on a linear trajectory. Obviously, Cole Hawker hmm. and Cooper Tier were special. Look at how they were – forget their times. Look at how they were relative to the rest of the country, to the pros. Yeah. Or in Hawker's case, the entire world. Yeah. Made all the way to the Olympic final. Tier was right there. Yeah. He's hanging out in lane one. Now, the race was going on in lane four with Paul Chalimo in the Barham and Track Club, but Cooper Tier was right there in lane one, just hanging out. So, and those guys obviously were, were great at the Olympics. So, don't automatically assume that it's going to be as fast as, as it was last year. So, I'll say, I'll say no for the reason you described and, and for the reason I described. I think Hawker's, or I think Tier's record stands. I keep calling it Hawker's like, record. Like, it's just one record in my mind. It's like Hawker tier. Like, subscribe. Uh, also subscribe join. to the main Flowtrack channel. Join. And join. Be a member. Join. Join Gordon's side, not Kevin's. It's cheaper. Five bucks cheaper. Join my side. Shrek2 in the comments says, what's up, my Gordon goons? So, join Whoa. Kevin's team. Thanks to Travis. Thanks to Colt for producing. We're back Friday. We'll preview whatever's happening this weekend.